So our verses today are going to be out of the Minor Prophet Micah, chapter 7. The last sermon we did was 7, 1 through 6. And today is going to be Micah 7, verses 7 through 9. And they read, Therefore I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord, because I have sinned against him, until he plead my cause, and execute judgment for me. He will bring me forth to the light, and I shall behold his righteousness. And because this is the second part of the first part, I'm going to actually go back into the first part of the sermon a little bit and start from there. And part of this recap at the end of the last sermon, I said this is no longer a time of play church. Christian liberties and Christian ideals are being trampled, and we need all boots on the ground and all hands on deck. We're no longer in a time where we need our friends and our neighbors and our buddies to say a quick prayer and join the club only so they can run off at the very first sign of trouble. We need soldiers of the cross that's ready to die for Christ, ready to die for the faith. We need martyrs in this new age. And whether you believe the return of Jesus is near or not, one thing remains true. All the things of Christ are being stripped away from us. So the question is, are you going to stand and speak for the gospel? Will you defend the faith? Will you give all, even if that means your death? An apostolic spirit, where they were told not to speak or preach of Christ, where they're going to be beaten, beheaded, or crucified, and yet they continued on in that mission that God had set before them. The days of the weak, unread, unstudied, unpraying Christian are coming to an end. There's been a 30% drop in people who say they're Christian since 1948. 65% of America this last year said that they were, in fact, Christian. And how far is that number going to drop if Christianity becomes illegal? It's already a taboo subject that can't be discussed within mixed company. But how far must it go before we, as the body of Christ, wake up? How far? Exactly how far? How far are we, as the body of Christ, willing to let it go? And people will say, but pastor, I don't know where to turn. There's no one to trust. There's no one to turn to. Life as I know it has changed so much. And to this I'm going to say, as Micah did in the, ver ver in the verse that I ended with in this last sermon and started with this week. And hopefully the following words will bring you hope and show you the way we as Christians shall navigate these times. But I'm going to forewarn you, knowledge of God and Scripture is going to be a prerequisite in these times. And that verse that I left off with in the first part and start with today is verse 7. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. We're in a time in history where we need to be solid biblical Christians. The days of the good old boys club are behind us. We, 
as the body of Christ do not need supposed brothers and sisters that are going to flee at the first sign of trouble or the first trial. The first bump in the road causes them to leave the church, leave Christianity faster than a rock out of a slingshot. We need biblical Christians who are in it for the long haul, in it to fight to the end. There was a story that I once heard, and I don't know if it's true or not. I would imagine that probably it was in some other country if it was true, because if it was in America, the, the police would have been there as fast as possible. But there was a church service that was getting ready to start. And as they all sat and waited for worship to start, four armed gunmen come in with ski masks on. And they said to the congregation, they said, Anybody that believes in Christ is dying today. And we're going to give you one chance. If you'll renounce Christ and walk out of here, you can save your own lives. And the congregation got up. They were going outdoors, windows, anywhere that they could go. And when it got all cleaned out, there was four people standing there. And the gunman said, are you ready to die for Christ today? And they all said yes. And he, they, as a group, the four gunmen walked over, locked the church door, set their rifles down, peeled off their ski mask, and they said, we wanted to worship with true biblical Christians. We don't want to worship with people that will run at the first sign of trouble. <clears throat> so I ask you, where do you find yourself today? Are you solid? Are you ready for anything? Do you find yourself caught up in worldly issues, barely hanging on to your faith? Maybe you're far away from the cross and it seems like a distant part of your past. A distant part that seemed like another life ago before the world began its slow crush on your dreams and on your faith. But wherever you find yourself, know that there is hope. Though the times we are in may look gloomy and hopeless, know this, dear Christians, know this. The Lord is here. He is here in this home. He is here in this world. And we need to wait upon Him. Our human frailty has caused, especially with me many times, my human frailty has caused me to lash out with knee-jerk reactions. You know, we may get in a situation and we find ourselves in a spot that we're not comfortable in, and it may be threatening to us, and we may lash out like a caged animal. We begin striking and running or we strike out to immobilize our supposed adversaries. And these are the times that we get ahead of God. And we place the cart before the horse, so to speak. These are the times when, if our lives are not in immediate jeopardy, we need to stop and step away from the situation and seek the guidance of the Lord. Because it's here in our prayer closets that we can communicate with God, and it's here in those prayer closets that God is listening. In the quiet spot, sometimes the Lord clears our mind, giving us a new outlook on the situation. Sometimes, potentially, we'll be shown the other side of the situation. 
Sometimes we're showing a side that we couldn't see in our state of fight or flight that we were in. And we can be shown a bridge that will span the gap in between both sides and bring unity. And at times, God will show us that there were evil intentions. And in any and all of these situations, when in the prayer room, we must wait upon the Lord. He will hear and He will guide our steps. As Christians, we need to be in a constant state of reflection, repentance, and redirection. Reflection comes as we read and pray, and we're given a better understanding of Scripture. And as Christians, our minds should never be set on any one way of thinking, never budging or never moving from that spot. Rather, we should use Scripture as a mirror to reflect into to see if our reflection is daily becoming more Christ-like or if our lives have sunk into a religious stagnation. If we take an honest look at ourselves, we will see things that didn't or don't align with Scripture in our lives, and we'll see things that do align with Scripture. We as Christians oftentimes focus heavily on our strengths, but where does the chain always break? At the weakest link. And what good does it do if we have strengths and then we keep strengthening them strengths? If strength is not applied in your Christian walk across the entire spectrum, you're going to have areas of strength and areas of weakness. And I look at this like one would look at a bicep. You can work your bicep and you can work it and the muscle will continue to grow and continue to grow and continue to grow. And at some point, if that muscle outgrows the tendon, you will snap a tendon. And that's really what starts happening with people in their walks with Christ when they focus on the strengths. There is going to be a breakdown at some point. Our faith... Our walk with Christ should mirror this process. We need to be as strong as possible in our walks across the entire spectrum. Bodybuilders will work out for a, a set amount of time, and then they'll go to the mirror and do some reflection. They'll flex, especially the ones that are in competition. They're going to flex. They're going to see their strong points and make note of them, and they're also going to see their weak points, and they're going to make note of them. And then their next time into the gym, they're going to focus more on their weak points. What they're doing is correcting the wrongs in their training to help the weak areas catch up with the stronger ones. But they're not neglecting the stronger areas. They're just focusing more on the weaker ones to help catch them up to the stronger. And this is where repentance comes in. When we look at our walks in Scripture and we see areas of weakness, we need to repent of our neglect of those areas. And I'm not talking about beating yourself up, beating yourself to death over not being as compassionate as you could be or not being as hospitable as you could be, but reflecting and seeing these areas of weakness and then saying something along the lines of, Lord, I've seen an area of weakness in my walk. For this, to you I apologize for neglecting this area, 
please help me to go forward and recognize the weak areas of my walk so I can become a strong, staunch, well-rounded believer in you. So my walk can be one that glorifies your son, Jesus Christ, in all areas of my life. And then once you've repented of that, don't dwell on it. Don't allow the devil to get a foothold and beat you up for allowing this weak spot to materialize. But rather, see the weakness for what it is and redirect your walk. This may involve taking some time off from a strength to invest in a weakness. The goal isn't to build up the weak areas at the expense of the strong, but rather to leave out or level out the walk with Christ that you are on, built upon that firm foundation that is Christ himself. As we learned in a previous sermon, there will come a day when our works and our walk will be tested by the fire of God. It will be the Christian that has reflected, repented, and redirected continually through life that will have the greatest chance of having their life's work and their life's devotion and their walk with Christ survive the flames. Our walks with Christ in this process will not come without pain, without torment, without people spreading lies and gossiping about us. This world does not want anyone to prosper, nor does it want anyone to be a better person. And all of us from a small town can testify to this fact. Anyone who is guilty of any sin will never be acknowledged as a child of God, no matter how strong their walk in a small town. Whichever side of the aisle you find yourself on, you'll have your detractors. And many times it will be the people who don't know you personally, but love to gossip. The local gossip shop will be filled with people who will spew hate out of their vile mouths, slandering you in your walk. You know, he built a cross on a hill and he's some sort of holy roller now, but he'll be nothing more than a drunk to me. The nerve of some people to think they can go to church. We're all supposed to forget what type of people they truly are. <coughs> These types of attacks will come, but you must toil on. As I said, the world, the world hates Christ. And if you're striving to be Christ-like, the world's going to hate you. If they crucified Jesus, they'll have no issues crucifying you before the entire world who will seemingly laugh and mock you until you're ready to throw in the towel and deny Christ. You must not allow this to happen. Perseverance is key here. I say let them laugh. Let them rejoice. The power of God's saving grace is behind those who have kneeled at the cross of Christ and have repented of their sin. Don't take this to mean you'll never sin again. You may. You probably will. It's not the end of your walk with Christ. It doesn't cause you to be instantly barred from Christianity forever. Remember the bodybuilder analogy? When sin happens, it's time for retrospect. Time to look at what you did through the lens of Scripture, reflect upon the sin, repent of the sin, and redirect your walk. You may and probably will be criticized by the world during this time. People looking in and saying, See, it was all an act. I knew they didn't change. If you allow the devil into your ear 
and your thoughts during this time, you will lose. The redirection portion is where you get your mind, body, and spirit back on the cross of Christ. If you pay attention to your enemies, your focus is on them. Your th- their thoughts of you, their opinions of you, will bear no weight in the life to come. Yes, it is difficult to listen to them. It is difficult to see this thing happening. But the big thing is this, and you need to listen closely. If you are a child of God, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, repentant of your sins, the day you draw your last breath, you will not stand before Bob, Sally, James, and the rest of the Coffee Clutch Gossip Group as your final judges. You will stand before Jesus Christ. Micah wrote for this reason, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. Though I fall, I shall arise. They will laugh, they will rejoice, they will mock, they will scorn. But though we fall, though we sin, by the power of Jesus Christ, by the power of God, we shall arise. Reflect, repent, redirect, dear Christians. Though you fall at the hands of sin, arise by the power of God and by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let them laugh. Let them rejoice over your fall. Let them mock. Let them be scornful. Micah said, Though I sit in darkness, the Lord is my light. He and he alone shall be a light unto me. Amen? When we sin, we feel so far from God. Some may feel they failed. Why go on, they ask. Why keep on this path? I try and I fail. To this I say, as this sermon comes full circle, look to the Lord. Wait for God your Savior. Pray and keep praying. Stand strong. Our faith will never grow if it's not tested. Our faith needs tested. We need to see our weakness, so in our weakness we can see the power of God. No matter if you feel you've failed, If you feel God has abandoned you, even if you're feeling strong in your walk, keep moving forward. Keep reflecting, keep repenting, keep redirecting, and the Holy Spirit will guide you. The Lord will bring you over the highest of mountains and out of the deepest, darkest valleys. Why? Because He is there. God is there. And He is listening. No matter who rejoices against any of your falls, know that in the arms of Christ you shall arise. Reflect, repent, redirect. Though you sit in darkness, He is a light unto you. And as you buckle down and walk as close to Christ, like as you can, know this, dear Christians. God shall lead you forth to the light. And there, in all His power, glory, and might, you shall see, with your own two eyes, the very reason why the journey you were on cost so much, and why it was, at times, so difficult, when the light is brought forth. And there, before you, in all His radiant glory, stands your Lord and Savior, His righteousness on full display. It is here you shall fully understand why this life was a struggle at times, why the world fought so hard to make you one of hers, why she tried dragging you back time and time again into her worldly clutches. Here, in this understanding, is where you'll see truly 
why this world needs strong biblical Christians proclaiming their true Savior to them, staunch in their faith, in a constant state of redirection, to stand firmly in the face of adversity and tell those coming to the cross today, telling them, I proclaim to you there is hope in Christ and Him alone. The answers you seek are there to be found. The help you need to overcome your supposed failures is there to be found. The relationship that you seek is there to be found. The love you seek is there to be found. The forgiveness you seek, there to be found. The Savior you seek is there to be found. Jesus Christ, whom you seek so hard after, is there to be found. In the pages of Holy Scripture, and upon your knees at the cross. Amen? Amen.